0: And welcome to Holding Fast. Great to have you in the podcast today. How is your anchor holding? Is it gripped to the Word of God? It's great to have you today. Trust that you've started out with a time of. Uh, quiet time with the Lord and been able to meditate on Him and His Word. And I encourage you to stay faithful and regular and frequent in your visitations time visitation times with the Lord. It's good to welcome you back today to the podcast. We are continuing on with our meditation from John's Gospel, chapter 19 and verse 30, in which we are told that our Lord, having received that vinegar, although He did not uh, 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 swallow or in any way diminish his pain on the cross, the Bible tells us that he then made that ultimate statement from the cross, and that is, it is finished. Uh, And that statement itself is that Uh, uh, that gap that is bridged by the work and the ministry and the life of the Lord Jesus Christ that couldn't be done any other way. There's no angel that could have died for you. There is no great religious or political leader that could uh, accomplish your salvation. It's only through the person of Jesus Christ. And that's important for us to understand because it really is the uniqueness of our Lord's life. As I mentioned last time, Jesus' life was uh, a natural birth, uh, like any other human being. Uh, his conception was supernatural. Um, the Holy Spirit came upon God's servant Mary, and uh, the eternal Son, the second person of the Trinity, took on himself a uh, human nature and was born of a woman. There have been no no there has been no other life like the Lord Jesus; it was a unique life. And that's what we're meditating on today because it's so important to understand that uh there has never been one like Christ and there never will be another. It is that moment in the in the uh in human history where our Father in heaven supernaturally interceded and intervened into the human existence and sent a redeemer that would uh, accomplish all that was needed for the salvation of every man, woman, and child if they would but repent and believe on his name. So today we're meditating on this once again. and we, we noted last time the uniqueness of his life, that he came from God to fulfill the predetermined purpose that God set out for him. Uh, sometimes people in liberal uh, camps will uh, think that it was something that was a mistake, that Jesus was the hapless victim or mis- made mistakes, uh, and that ultimately it resulted in the cross, but the the Bible reminds us over and over again that our Savior came into this world with the precise idea that he was going to be the sacrificial lamb that was predicted from the Old Testament. He wasn't blindly stumbling along trying to find himself, but re- in reality, he knew exactly who he was, even from the time of a child. You remember the incident where when he was 12 years old, he's in the temple that they had come to celebrate Passover, and his parents left and thought he was in the caravan. When he was not, he was actually in the temple, and when they came back to get him, he makes that, that incredible statement, don't you know that I must be about my father's business, and that's what he was doing. His life, was to fulfill a predetermined purpose by God. All of the contours and the, the, uh, the shape of His person, His life and sufferings had already been foretold by all the Old Testament prophets. Uh, he was the promised servant Messiah in whom all those Mosaic sacrifices and their types throughout the Old Testament found their fulfillment. And under the ever-present uh, ministry of the Holy Spirit, Jesus grew in self-conscious awareness of all of that. He grew in wisdom and stature, the scripture says. Well, his life was beautiful. It was driven by the purest of motives, uh, that is, love. A love that found its expression in delighting to do his father's will. If you get a chance, read Psalm 40, particularly verse 8. That was the highest delight and desire of our Savior was that he would do his Father's will. And of course, that makes me look at myself and go, uh, is that my greatest desire? Is that my greatest longing in life is to, if, for God's will to be accomplished in me? Because you remember, even in the moment of his greatest weakness and fear, even in that moment in Gethsemane's garden, Jesus would actually say to his Father, not my will, but yours be done. So in a nutshell, Jesus lived the, the flawless life that you and I could never live. And he became the righteousness of God for you and for me. 1 John 4, 8, the Bible says God is love and Jesus Christ is the living embodiment of divine love that was given to us. When you see the sun you're seeing the heart of the Father because that's what He came to do. But there was not only that, there was a death that we deserve to die. His perfect life, as He hung on that cross, began to expire in that slow crucifixion. Jesus was dying when He hung there, but He was dying a death that it was not His, but it was we who deserved to die. The Apostle Paul actually writes that it was the appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who abolished death in 2 Timothy 1.10. It was a death, the details of which were explicitly foretold long before Jesus was ever born. In Isaiah 53, in, in, uh, in the 16th Psalm, in a number of passages of Scripture... Uh, psalm twenty two read those meditate on them It was a death that Jesus actually predicted would occur no less than three times Jesus said that this would happen uh, while he was on in his ministry on this earth. It was a death like none other as Jesus' life was never snatched away from him. It was never something that people could take. rather he gave up his spirit john nineteen thirty says And he chose to lay down his life that he might take it up again, John 10, verse 17 and 18. And so by laying down his innocent life on behalf of others, Jesus broke death's stranglehold on humanity. And he died to deliver those who through the fear of death, Hebrews 2 says, were all their life subject to bondage. So Jesus appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him was no sin. First John chapter 3, verses 5 and 8, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. And we know that the Bible teaches clearly that God's not willing that any should perish. And so in love, He sent His Son to die the death we all deserve and paid the wages of sin's death that we could never pay. Hebrews 2, 9 says, because by the grace of God, He might taste death for everyone. John Owen, the great Puritan theologian said, It was the death of death in the death of Christ. Uh, He was the son who killed the grave for you. A perfect death which was proclaimed when Jesus rose victoriously from the grave. What a great reminder today of that sacrifice that our Lord has made. So all the way back around to John 19.30. When Jesus says, it is finished, he truly accomplished our salvation. We're going to look at that a little bit more tomorrow because it's a sacrifice we could not make and a victory, though, that we can share. And we're going to finish off this meditation on John 19:30 in the next podcast. Won't you walk with the Lord today? Uh, I pray that you'll be walking in the reality of what it means to have that terrible gap bridged between our perfect Holy Creator and our sinful broken hearts. Jesus Christ spread His arms and bridged that gap, and He died on the cross. Uh, uh, Do you love Him today? Is He your Savior? Why don't you live for Him and live in the reality of His presence? God bless you. Serve Him faithfully. We'll see you next time.